Macro Brown Show. What's going on, everybody? This is the Cleveland Browns podcast for the Back Row Fantasy Show Network. My name is Matt Bruning. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsFanaticMB. I'm excited to be a part of this group. I've uh, been a friend of the Back Row Show and uh, their whole network, Aaron Arms, Mr. Jeremy Barker, who has helped me get my podcast off the ground and allowed me to do this as well uh, for quite a few years now. They were actually uh, my podcast cherry. I popped my podcast cherry being on their show, the Back Row Fantasy Show, show to talk about some rookies and other things a couple years ago. So I'm excited to be a part of this network and talking about the Cleveland Browns for you guys. What I'm going to do for today's episode is kind of give you guys a little bit of rundown about myself and what this podcast is going to be about. And then we're going to talk about, obviously, the new changes in the front office for the Cleveland Browns. Is that is kind of a big deal right now. We were seems like every year switching around coaches and front offices, and, and we're all just looking for a little bit of stability if you are a Browns fan. Uh, so it's obviously kind of sucked. But I, I'm, I'm going to be optimistic, as I am every time this happens, uh, because I am a little excited for, for the things that are coming forward. So to start off with me, uh, I've been a Cleveland Browns fan my entire life. I was born in Cleveland, lived in Middleburg Heights until I moved to Texas with my family, uh, and my parents raised me right to be a Cleveland Browns, Indians, and Cavaliers fan. Also support the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, when playoff hockey comes around. Don't watch a lot of regular season hockey. Uh, But I've been a Browns fan my entire life. Uh, You know, obviously for those of you who are listening, you're more than likely Browns fans know that, yes, it's been a very tortured lifetime. Uh, I've obviously had a couple good seasons, you know, the Derek Anderson season a while back. Obviously, all the the love of when you know Brady Quinns and Brandon Whedon showed up. You know, I, I think we all can fairly admit whether we want to or not. We were all kind of excited when Johnny Manziel showed up, and obviously that didn't work out for us as well. And then obviously this new new iteration of a football god, in my opinion, in Baker Mayfield, who obviously had a bad year last year, but I think he's going to be just fine. Uh, but I've loved the Browns my entire life. Um, I'm really hoping to see them succeed here in the near future as a Obviously, it's just not been fun cheering for a a team that has been, you know, well, I guess we can really say four and twelve for the most part uh, throughout their most of their history. Regardless of that, though, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to cheer for them because they are my team, and once you're once you bleed orange and brown, it really doesn't matter. You're you're just you're loyal to the dog pound, and there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, so that's kind of my my take on it. That's where I'm coming from. But again, as I said, Browns fan my entire life, and that's why I, I agreed or not really agreed. I reached out to to Barker to do this podcast because I love talking about the Browns, and I have my own podcast, Fantasy Wise, and I talk about fantasy football roundtable. If you guys ever want to check that out, I do a lot of Browns homerism talk on there. So this gives me another outlet to really kind of talk about the brownies and just the brownies and that's all that I care about most of the time especially when the NFL season comes around Uh, so that right there is what about me and what I'm going to be bringing to the podcast when I talk about the Browns. I will talk about fantasy elements as well as just real-life NFL elements. What I want from this podcast, again, is to try and give you guys the best news and everything I can about the Browns. I'm going to be try and be as unbiased as I can at times. Uh, you're going to see the passion come out. I will be talking about game previews and reviews once the, once the season kicks off, and there are going to be times that I'm not going to be happy with what the Browns are doing. Uh, as we all know, they're likely not going to go undefeated. Most teams don't. 
only obviously the Miami Dolphins uh, and obviously the New England Patriots did it in the regular season losing in the Super Bowl very hard to do so none of us imagine or at least I don't imagine the Browns are going to go undefeated uh, so when they lose if something bad happens I'm going to be emotional about it I'm going to give you guys that I, I don't edit myself or anything like that I'm going to give you guys my true raw feelings and emotions and I'm excited about that what I want from you guys as the fans is what do you guys want to hear from me as well? You guys can tweet at me, again, at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. You can tweet at Barker, the Back Row Fantasy Show, at the Browns Podcast as well. Hit me up on DMs. Hit Barker up. He'll send them to me. However you guys want. I want to hear from you guys, whether it's questions on what you guys think about the team you want in here. Anything you guys send to me or him that gets back to me, I will have in the podcast talk about. It is going to be a weekly show. Uh, right now, throughout the offseason, the days might change a little bit here and there uh, just based on news and everything. Obviously, the combine just wrapped up. We're going to be heading toward the draft. Uh, so once we get closer to the draft, I'll be doing a lot more draft-centric stuff. Right now, I'm just going to focus on different parts of the team. We'll get to that here in a little bit. As I already mentioned, the coaches and, and front office for today's episode. But please, please, please reach out to me or Barker because I'd love to hear from the fans uh, of the Browns and, and what you guys want to see and hear from me as this podcast moves forward, especially throughout the offseason as there's a lot of different ways this show could go. And I'd love to be able to talk to some of the fans uh, of the Browns and kind of get your guys' thoughts on it as well as we've seen a lot of changes recently. So let's let's go ahead and dive into that now. Let's talk about the changes we saw that happened after the 2019 season and what we're going to see going into 2020. Snap is back. Ball is down. The kick is blocked. They got it. Denzel Ward blocked the field goal try. And that's the end of the first half. Can Denzel Ward do anything else? When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. 50, Nick Chubb! Hasta la vista, baby! Nick Chubb, touchdown! What a catch by Landry! So, man, 2019 was abysmal. I think we can all be honest about that. Uh, I'm not going to lie. When Freddie Kitchens got hired at the beginning of, of last uh, offseason, I was excited. Obviously, what he was able to do with Baker in that offense was outstanding. You know, I talked about it um, on the podcast before. Um, that uh, he was right there with the Showtime Rams, and the stat just jumped out of my head, but I want to say it was like 4.2 yards a play offensively was what they were averaging with Freddie Kitchens as the offensive coordinator, and that was uh, literally like a point behind uh, the Rams. That Showtime Rams offense with Mike Margie and Torrey Holt. Uh, my goodness, I can't even think of everybody right now, but it, you guys know who I'm talking about. Ridiculously good Rams offense, uh, and that's what the Browns were. We saw them win, obviously, seven games that first year in rookie uh, uh, Baker Mayfield's rookie season. 
And, and the offense looked good at times. Uh, obviously, they just were just missed out making it into the playoffs. And, and we were all expecting big things coming into 2019. That obviously didn't happen, and I can't put all of it on Freddie. Some of it obviously does. He just he didn't seem ready to be a head coach, and, and that did suck. I'm, I'm hoping for good things for Freddie, him going to New York. I don't hold anything against him. It was just kind of a, a bad bad thing all around. I think some of the blame has to go to him. Some of it has to go to Dorsey, who I feel like uh, as a Browns fan, I hated that he was let go of as well. Uh, but I do think some of the blame has to go to him. You know, the offensive line was bad, and he traded away Zeitler, who was a key part of that offensive line. Uh, and really, you know, obviously getting back Olivier Vernon, and then we got Odell a couple, or I think it was a month later. Uh, and we were all excited about that because, again, big names, and for whatever reason, it just didn't gel together. It was it was just a bad season. Uh, and I'm ready to put that behind us, though. There's no point in talking about that anymore. We've suffered enough through 2019 with everything that happened and the expectations. Probably we unfairly, um, as, as Browns fans and the media put on the Browns, we expected so much, and with the way that the season kind of fell flat, I think is what hurt us all so much about that season. Uh, so I'm ready to move past that. Let's talk about 2020. They have hired Kevin Stefanski as their head coach, and I, for one, am excited about that. I do think Kevin Stefanski is going to be a good head coach. I know a lot of people wanted it to be Josh McDaniels. I'm going to save that for a minute. Uh, The only other person that I was really excited about was Salah, the, the defensive coordinator from the San Francisco 49ers. I might be saying his name wrong. I apologize about that. One thing you guys will come to learn about me is that I am really bad at name pronunciations. Uh, but I thought Salah would fit in perfect here with this defense. He He's such a great defensive mind as we've seen with that San Francisco 49ers group. Obviously, the Browns don't have quite as much talent on the front as the 49ers do, but I think the rest of the field, at least we were hoping going into this year with some of the free agents, who knows, uh, like Joe Schobert. But I think this defense altogether has a lot of really good pieces on it, and I thought that Salah was going to be a great fit to run that defense, bring in a smart offensive mind to run the offense, and him kind of focus on the defense and being a the head coach I thought would have been a great fit. But they brought in Stefanski, and I know a lot of people are against it because of Josh McDaniels. I was not a fan of Josh McDaniels coming on board. Now, some of it has to do with I don't think he was that good in Denver. I really don't. Obviously, his record kind of speaks to the fact that he wasn't great offensive mind. I have no doubt about that, but I and I don't want to compare him to Freddie Kitchens because his resume is obviously much more complete than Freddie Kitchens is, but sometimes you're just made to be an offensive coordinator, not a head coach, and I kind of feel like that's where Josh McDaniels at is as well. He's a really good offensive coordinator, but I'm not sold that he can be a very good head coach. We saw what he did to Indy as well a couple years ago. Now, they ended up with Frank Reich, and everything has worked out for him, but I think it's just a bad look at McDaniels overall. I was kind of excited that they didn't bring him in there. Obviously, again, he's got a lot of credentials and a really good resume, but I like Stefanski. And why do I like Stefanski, you may ask? If you guys go, and now I don't know if they still have him on the Minnesota Vikings website as he is not part of the Vikings anymore, but they had some interview series where they interviewed different coaches on the Vikings staffs for different things, and there's a bunch of them with Kevin Stefanski that I have gone in and watched, and he is a very cerebral guy. There's a lot of talk about it, obviously, because of his higher education, he is a graduate of Penn who kind of fits in with uh, the Harvards and, and of Paul D. Podesta. And I want to say Andrew Barry as well. I can't quite remember where he went to college. But they all have the, you know, the, the very high-powered, uh, high-powered is not the word I want to go with. 
the the upper echelon of of schools, I guess is the way to put it, or upper echelon of colleges. They they've all got those to their uh, their credits. And and Kevin Stefanski, I think, is a very smart coach. He obviously is uh, as of late been deploying this outside run scheme that Gary Kubiak has brought over. They brought him in last year, uh, and Kevin Stefanski is really kind of you know, taking that in and kind of made it his own. We saw the the Vikings offense, I thought, at times was very good. Uh, and I'll, I'll dive more into that in a second. Stefanski, you know, the interviews that we saw from him, or I saw from him, man, I'm sorry, guys, I'm kind of jumping all over the place here. What I saw with Kevin Stefanski was a lot of the talk that he had was, it was about the team. And one of the things that I liked about in a specific interview he gave was he said if he ever got a shot at being a head coach, he might call offensive plays, but he would try and delegate as much as possible because he feels as a head coach you need to see the bigger picture and not focus on just one side of the ball. And I like that talk. We obviously don't know if he will call plays for the Browns. You know, he uh, he did bring in Alex Van Pelt from the Cincinnati Bengals, their uh, quarterback's coach. Uh, for the past two seasons, so there's been talk that he might be calling plays. Maybe Stefanski will call plays. I think if I'm if I'm to kind of guess at what happens, I think Van Pelt's going to call the plays with Stefanski kind of overlooking it and maybe making some decisions on when they're going to do certain things, which which I don't mind. I like it. Like I said, I like what Stefanski did with Minnesota and their offense. And why did I like what Minnesota and their offense did? I feel like they have a lot of similarities to the Cleveland Browns. And we saw that the Minnesota Vikings were a successful team last year, not just on offense, but they made it into the playoffs. And, and a lot of that, I think, is due to Kevin Stefanski. Their offensive line was not good. I think the Browns' offensive line is better, and I do think that they're going to attack that in the draft and make it even better. So already you've got a plus on the Vikings for what they did. Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb, I think, are comparable. Obviously, I uh, I think it's fair to admit that Dalvin Cook is a little bit of a res- better receiver out of the backfield than Nick Chubb is, but I think Nick Chubb is the better pure runner, and Nick Chubb is an absolute stud, and we all know that. I think he's going to be perfectly fine running behind this outside run scheme, and I, I do think he's going to be able to hit holes and bit- get a bunch of big chunk plays. Uh, Nick Chubb is going to be really good in this offensive scheme, and I'm excited to see it, especially if they're able to get one of these uh, tackles in the draft, whether it's Tristan Wirth or, uh, uh, my goodness, it's uh, Makai Becton, I believe was his name, the kid who ran like a ridiculous 40 at the Combine. Both of those guys uh, were are very athletic and I think could be really good in this outside run scheme, getting upfield and blocking ahead. And once Nick Chubb gets some blockers, we know that he can get going. He needs a couple yards to kind of start getting into full steam, but once he does, not only is he hard to bring down, he's hard to catch. So I'm excited about that. On the outside, you look at Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. I know Odell had a down year, and I really hope they don't trade Odell. And if they don't, I think it's fair to say that Odell and Jarvis Landry are right there. They're equal and comparable with Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. I don't think either one of them is going to necessarily complain the way that Stefan Diggs did either when he wasn't getting the ball. And Adam Thielen, we saw last year both of those guys, for the most part, really not complain much until we got to the end of the season with what that was going on in that offense. And we all know that Odell was not getting the ball at all, and it was a little bit ridiculous. I mean, they traded for Odell. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm a huge Odell fan as it is. And, 
You know, one of my biggest complaints about Odell in that offense last year was they just weren't using him properly. Uh, it seemed like Freddie Kitchens was telling them to run nine routes the entire time. If you don't know what a nine route is, it's pretty much just a vertical go route. They, they were having him just line up and say, just go. And, and the offensive line was not being able to block long enough for Baker to launch the ball down the field. We saw, and I kid you not, guys, Odell Beckham last year ran, I believe it was four slant routes the entire year, and one of those was the New York Jets game where he took it to the house, and that's where Odell thrives. He is a monster in rack yards, and if you get him the ball quick, he will do something with it. Same with Jarvis, and they just didn't seem to do that. I don't think Stefanski is going to have a problem with that. I really do think he's going to kind of tailor this offense to those two guys. Uh, So I really am excited about them, and I'm praying that they don't trade Odell uh, because there's obviously a lot of talk about that or been some kind of rumors here and there uh, that they might get rid of him. I really think they need to keep him because I think he's going to have a huge year this year with Kevin Stefanski. The tight end position is where I'm a little bit worried. Uh, You know, I like Njoku. I liked when they drafted him. He's obviously a physical freak out of Miami. I think he can be a really good offensive piece. Obviously struggles with the worst part of being a tight end in an offense like that is he he struggles catching the ball. Can't have that. He has worked on it, obviously, throughout the years. Had the injury last year. Just never really seemed to get going. Uh, but they do seem willing to keep him. Andrew Berry, who was one of the people who was here and drafted him uh, with Sashi Brown. They traded up, actually, to get him. So it seems like he has more of an incentive to try and keep him around. Uh, so if they do keep him around, I'll be interested to see what he does. If they maybe go get another tight end in the draft or try and bring someone in. There's quite a few decent tight ends in the free agent market. They may not command a high dollar. Uh, so they might be able to bring someone else in to compete with him as they let go of uh, Demetrius Harris, I uh, believe, here just a couple weeks ago. Uh, so that's kind of why or where I see the offenses lining up between Minnesota and Cleveland with Stefanski coming over from Minnesota. On the defensive side, they brought in Joe Woods, who was actually with Robert Salah over there in uh, San Francisco. So I'm interested to see what he brings over. Uh, those two have a connection, him and Stefanski. They've known each other for a very long time. Uh, so I'm interested to see what he does with the defense. Again, they've got some interesting pieces. Uh, the defense is kind of more of a question for me right now than the offense, just because obviously we don't know what they're going to do with Showbird. It looks like he's going to go into free agency, which I think means that likely he's not coming back. I did not see enough out of Taki Taki to be that excited about him. I actually kind of liked what I saw out of Mac Wilson, though. So I do think Mac Wilson could possibly step up and be a really good linebacker for the Browns next year, but they're going to need somebody else. And I hate, I hate with a fiery passion that Joe Schobert might be leaving because I not only think he was probably one of our best defensive players, he's also kind of the captain and seems like one of the team leaders of this team. And so I hate that they're going to let one of those guys walk out the door, especially when there's talks about them keeping a guy like Kareem Hunt who cannot seem to keep himself out of trouble off the field. And they keep talking about wanting a culture change yet. I think you're letting probably the wrong part of the good culture go in Joe Schobert. But that's just me. I do tend to get attached to certain players. I did forget to mention Kareem Hunt there. There's talks that they're going to transition tag him. Depending on what transition tag they put on him, I don't imagine he'll move. Uh, I would imagine they're going to put a second or first round tender on him if they do that. I don't see a team paying a second or first round pick for Kareem Hunt because then they also have to pay him. Especially with the amount of running backs that are coming out in the draft this year. There's a better chance of getting one of those guys on a rookie contract who will obviously not make as much money as Kareem Hunt would command. And uh, some of those guys, I'd imagine you're going to be able to get in the second or third round. So I do think Hunt will be staying and and be uh, kind of there in, 
you know, in conjunction with Nick Chubb, which I don't think will be a bad thing either. I think uh, Stefanski will find a good way to use them, possibly have both of them on the field at the same time, which I think we all wanted to see as well when they brought Hunt in. So that's kind of my look at the coaching staff part of things. Uh, We're going to move on now to the front office. This is where I'm worried, guys. And I've I've said earlier I'm going to try and be optimistic, and I will be, but I am a little bit worried. Andrew Barry obviously was a part of the one and um, one in 31 seasons with Hugh Jackson and Sashi Brown before they let Sashi Brown go and brought in John Dorsey. Now, obviously, Andrew Barry wasn't making all the picks. That was Sashi Brown, but he was still part of this front office. Paul D. Podesta is also ahead of here. He's a baseball analytics guy or came from the, the Mets, the Moneyball era. I, I don't know what to think of them, to be honest. You know, I saw obviously an interview with Andrew Barry where he was talking about it's time to stop, uh, you know, acquiring picks and start acquiring assets. We need players because we want to win. But then I don't understand the argument in letting a guy like Joe Schobert go. Maybe, maybe you know, the, there were reports that he was pricing himself out of Cleveland. I mean, I guess maybe he is. Obviously, we won't know that for sure. Free agency starts at least at the time that I'm recording this in 13 days. Uh, so maybe he is going to end up pricing himself out of Cleveland. It just doesn't make much sense to me because now you're creating uh, another hole that you don't have at the moment. If you bring Joe Schobert back, for the most part, your linebackers are set up. We don't know what they're going to do with Christian Kirksey. I imagine he's going to be gone. But even if he is, you've got Mac Wilson, Taki Taki, and Joe Schobert. That's a decent linebacking core. I really like, obviously, Wilson and Schobert. Taki Taki is your third. That's not, not a bad way to look at your linebacker core. But they're letting Schobert go. So now you have to attack linebackers in the draft you know obviously if Isaiah Simmons was going to fall to 10 I wouldn't mind them taking him but I don't think he does and you obviously have a huge hole at your offensive line you need to fill as well so I'm not under I'm not really sure what Andrew Barry is doing here with the Joe Schobert thing regardless I'm going to do my best to to stay optimistic I, I do like some of the interviews that Barry has given, and I do think that I do like that he is kind of in lockstep with Stefanski. That that was kind of my biggest issue with the way that the Browns were last season. It seemed like it was a John Dorsey and Freddie Kitchens on one side, and then Paul D. Podesta on the other. And that's not the way you want your team. You want everybody to be on the same page, linked together, all heading in the same direction. It kind of felt like the Browns weren't doing that last year, where it does seem like they're doing that now with Stefanski, Barry, Paul D. Podesta. So I am excited about that. At least that part of it, we're all in cohesion here where we're happy. Everybody's moving forward together, singing kumbaya, holding hands. And I do think that that means good things for the Browns as a whole. And so I will hold off on judging Barry too much right now. I will wait and see what he does in free agency this first year and the NFL draft. But I would be lying to you guys if I didn't say I wasn't at least a little bit worried about him. I like the Stefanski hire, as I, I said earlier. But Barry does worry me just a little bit. So let's talk about some of the players that Barry has has already kind of let go of. And none of these guys really stand out much to me. Uh, You know, all guys I would have kind of expected to be cut or let go off this roster. We let go of linebacker Ardarius Taylor. Uh, Guard Eric Cush tied in Demetrius Harris. We mentioned earlier cornerback TJ Carey. uh, And then they waived center low Falameka. I don't know how to say his name. The interesting signing signing I thought was Johnny Stanton, a fullback. (laughs) That's a huge deal for Kevin Stefanski and his offense to have that other guy in there blocking. You know, uh, there were a lot of times on certain run plays we saw Nick Chubb and or Kareem Hunt blocking for the other. And while that was cool to see that them kind of fully go into that and help the team out, that's not their their forte. 
bringing in a fullback here like Johnny, I think is going to help that and help the running game because he will be a guy who runs up the middle and takes out a linebacker and kind of helps free up a hole for the running back. So I did like that signing. So with those guys that they have let go, some of the, the positions I feel that are most needed for the Cleveland Browns right now is, again, we're just about 13 days away from free agency. Offensive tackle, as I've talked about many a times, is the biggest one for sure. Linebacker, if they let go of Joe Schobert, and again, I do think Christian Kirksey is likely gone as well. They'll likely cut him. Uh, his casualty is not going to be that bad on the cap, or his cap hit is not going to be that bad. So I imagine if they let both of those guys go, you're really going to need to bring in some linebackers, whether that's through uh, free agency or the draft. Uh, that's kind of one of the big ones for me. Uh, defensive tackle as well. Uh, you know, I don't know. Right now it's uh, Ogan Joby and Richardson we've got right now as our defensive tackles. They need to bring in somebody else. Uh, you know, there's talks that Richardson might be cut this year as well. I believe uh, they can get out of his deal for $1.6 million, which is, uh, you know, obviously not a big hit uh, for the Browns. Whether or not they do that or not, I don't think so. I think Richardson really kind of stepped up in the second half, especially after Garrett got suspended for beautifully taking out Mason Rudolph. I mean, he didn't take him out, but, you know, we all know what happened. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh started it. That's what happened. Uh, but uh, he, he really stepped up in Garrett's absence, and uh, I, I do think that it would be smart for them to keep him with the way that he played but again it was a, it's a 1.6 uh cut uh cap hit if they let him go which is not a bad hit at all uh then for me is probably safety uh we obviously letting go of Demar- likely letting go of Demarius Randall uh Justin Burris and Eric Murray who are all going to hit free agency Morgan Burnett who I had high hopes for coming off the torn Achilles is likely not going to be back with the team either even if he is coming back from a torn Achilles at his age is not going to be easy so safety is a big need for the team as well and then lastly tight end as I mentioned with Njoku I don't know what's going to go on with him I like him uh but I do think uh Probably need to bring in somebody else. And, and one thing I forgot to mention with Kevin Stefanski earlier, especially with his out zone, outside zone running scheme, uh, he likes to have a lot of two tight end sets on the field as well. So they're going to have to bring someone in with Njoku. And Njoku's not that great of a blocker. So I wouldn't be surprised, again, if they let Njoku go or try and trade him and bring in two tight ends who are good blockers. That's going to be all, though, for today's episode. That's, again, kind of uh, just a, the real quick hit for everything that I wanted to talk about. We're going to keep doing this every week, as I as I mentioned. Uh, next week, we're going to be a little bit closer to free agency. So my plan for next week's episode is we're going to talk about some of the free agents that I think could be good fits for the Browns and what kind of contracts I would imagine they're going to demand, where I see them fitting into this team. Maybe talk a little bit about the NFL draft as well. So I appreciate you guys so much for listening. You know, Hit me up on, on Twitter if you guys have any questions. Drop a rate and review if you guys can. Uh, more things to come with this Browns podcast. Like I said, I cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun, especially as we start getting closer and closer to the draft. Uh, it's one of the many things I do, uh, you know, just talk about really quick. I, I'm a writer and scouter for, for Dynasty Nerds. I do a lot of rookie profiles and Debbie stuff because I pay very close attention to the college game. So there's a lot of diamonds in the rough in this year's draft that I think the Browns could grab, and I'm excited about. So we'll talk about those within the coming weeks. As Again, we're getting closer and closer, baby, to free agency in the new league year and everything. A lot of stuff going on with the new CBA as well, which hopefully if it's approved and ratified by the time I record next week, we'll talk about that and how that might affect the Browns as well. So again, guys, thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you guys next week. Go Brownies, baby. Go Browns. Go Browns.